five touchdown passes last year. This one's knocked up. Bowers tips it to himself, and he'll score. Stats it anyway. Here's a blast, and Klubnik didn't see it coming. He got blasted by Kalen DeLoach, who has the ball and is heading toward the end zone. What's going on, guys? We are back. It is episode 50, guys. We are 50 episodes wow. in. I think that's a nice little pat on the back right there. Yeah. You know, most podcasts and podcasts don't make it this far, so it's good to be here. Any uh, any any feeling about being at fifty episodes? Incredible, incredible, nice. I mean, I, I can't believe we made it this far. We made it this far, we can do anything, really. Exactly, road to hundred now. Mm-hmm. Speaking of hundred, let's make sure we are getting that road to a hundred subscribers. What a transition! Yes. We are at seventy three <laughs> right now, guys. So love the new adding added subscriptions, but. Listen, we still got some more to go. We got 27 to go now, I believe, because that's quick math. Yeah. Um, so if you're not subscribed already, but you're watching, first of all, thanks for watching. But mm-hmm. subscribe. There's no – why are you not watching? Why are you watching and not subscribed? You know, yeah. Just, just subscribe. It's free. doesn't do anything but help us out, and that means it's helping you out and the end result. But make sure you guys are still watching and listening on Spotify as I, you know – <clears throat> Excuse me. I know that you guys are doing. We got a great show for you guys today. Um, playoff rankings came out. A bunch of games to talk about from this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Got coaches fired, which is big news. It's that time of the year. And uh, we got some hot seat questions along with winners and losers. So we'll get right into it, Dylan, with mm-hmm. this week's playoff rankings that were just popped up to today. Uh, this was released around 9 o'clock tonight. And uh, as you can see, we have a new number one, but we'll start as we always do from 25 to one. And uh, we'll give our little quick take. Uh, 25, we have Kansas. 24 is Tulane. 23, Mm -hmm. Oklahoma State. After that bludgeoning that went on in Orlando. 22 is Utah. 21, Kansas State. 20 is North Carolina. And 19 is Notre Dame. If you're you're watching, if you're listening on Spotify, we're just going row by row. So, Dylan. Mm Any thoughts here from that first row? Um, off the top of my head, the only thing I can think of is UNC being a little bit high. Okay, that's the only thing I can really. I mean, other than that, I don't think it looks bad. I um, two things that Oklahoma State still being ranked after what that happened in Orlando is a, it's a little surprising. Yeah. Um, also, you they the committee does seem to like Utah in a sense that they they respect the losses because mm-hmm. that was already their third loss. But uh, they, I mean, they played their ass off this weekend in Washington. So yeah. you know, a couple close losses this year has barely been the. I mean, except for the Oregon game, but you know, other than that, <laughs> some some closer losses. So they still respect them. That's what I just took away there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eighteen through twelve, we got Tennessee. 17 is Arizona. I was at 16. LSU hanging around at 15. Oklahoma at 14. 
Ole Miss drops to back from nine to thirteen, and Penn State only drops two spots to number twelve. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't mind Penn State dropping that. I thought Ole Miss may have dropped a little more than they did, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you lose to the top ranked team or top top three team in the country. You know, yeah, is what it is. Uh, LSU is what the best three ranked team right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, L- or so eleven through five goes. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, Oregon State is at eleven. The Beavers have a huge game. Home, at home this weekend with Washington coming to town. Yep. Uh, Louisville at 10, a surprise first appearance in the top 10, Missouri, which makes that Georgia law, Georgia win even better. So mm-hmm. if Missouri keeps winning, that's going to help out Georgia. Alabama's at eight still. The rest, actually, the top eight remains the same, except for one spot. Georgia flip-flops Ohio State for the top spot. So it goes Bama, Texas, Oregon, Washington, Florida State, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia. Any thoughts there? Um, I think it looks pretty good to me. I don't know how you're feeling about this, but um, the only one I could see flipping would be Oregon State and Louisville. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Oregon State could do that this Saturday if that really is a big deal. Oregon State could play very fun game of spoiler for with taking out Washington. Um, did you ever yeah. think for a second maybe that Ohio or Michigan or Ohio State would maybe drop to three after Michigan and Georgia's statement wins this weekend? I was thinking for a second, but then I was like, yeah, I doubt it. I think that Notre Dame being back in 19 um, and Penn State still in the top 15 still helps out Ohio State. Yeah. But Georgia right now, I think it rightfully is the best team in the country. Um, when they're mm-hmm. playing their A game, I don't really think personally, even aside from being a fan, I just think that they're no, it's very hard for a team to beat them when they're on their A game. Yeah. And you saw that this weekend. I mean, Ole Miss was supposed to be one of the most challenging games they played this year. And for a quarter and maybe like five minutes, it was. And then it became a just an other smackdown. So mm-hmm. I think when they're on their A game, it's they're the best team in the country. So I don't yeah. really see. Ohio State still have some questions about from the offensive side, like from the quarterback spot. Mm-hmm. Michigan, you know, what they did on Saturday was outstanding from a just ground and pound play 1980s football, I guess. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really just going to set up a clash between those two, those two and three teams, Ohio State Michigan. Uh, playing hypothetical here, if Ohio State and Michigan – Let's say they both go undefeated. Yeah. Uh, is that an elimination game right there? Yeah, I think so. Because I, I I just don't see a scenario in which one of those – because there's a chance that – I don't think, like, let's just say, for instance, undefeated Michigan, right? They win against Ohio State. They win the Big, Big Ten. George is undefeated SEC championship. Florida State ACC championship. Washington – or Oregon, or Texas, all could be one-loss uh, conference champions. I don't think one of those two Big Ten teams would get in over one of those other teams who not only would have <clears> – they'd be tied with one loss, but they would also have an extra win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see it. Unless it's like some crazy scenario where 
you know, Michigan wins by a returned kick. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that they walk off the game like that. That's the only way I could see that scenario. Uh, I'm just writing down this hypothetical real quick. Okay. Uh, um, one second here. So I'm just playing this hypothetical. I think this could be one of the more realistic ones. There are a lot. Mm-hmm. You can play the – I love playing hypotheticals. Yeah. But – um. oh, here we go. And I got to put uh, – we'll say – uh, all right, so let's say Michigan and Florida State go undefeated. Yep. Let's say. Knowles, the way they play, I still I, – what I tell you this weekend, I said their inconsistencies are going to come back and bite them at some point. And it almost did this weekend. Uh, Michigan, also undefeated. So mm-hmm. so you have those two teams in. Yeah. Now you got two spots left here. We'll say Oregon beats Washington. In the back mm-hmm. 12 title game. <laughs> Knocks yeah. it out. So you got Oregon a one-loss champ. Bama's a one. We'll say Bama's a one-loss champ. UGA one loss is to Alabama. Close mm-hmm. game. And that's their only loss, and they have the best resume. Yeah. Texas, a one-loss champ. Who gets the final two spots? So I think Texas would get one in okay. this scenario because they have a head-to-head with Bama. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think they might still even be ranked above Alabama in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Because people have been arguing for a while that Bama should be above Texas, but the committee has not budged on that. And then just give me the other options again one more time. Oregon, a one-loss Pac-12 champ. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Assuming that Washington doesn't lose this week, which I think could hurt the Ducks. Because yeah. you beat a one-loss top 10, top 12 team. Mm-hmm. So Oregon, a one-loss champ. Bama's a one-loss champ with a weak yeah. resume, and only only big win is really is Georgia. LSU was like a what fourteen, yeah. something like that. So Bama's a one-loss champ. UGA only loss is to Bama, but they have the best resume. Texas a one-loss champ. I think it's only so, people really left in this. Yeah, yeah. So in this scenario, it would be like Michigan one, Florida State two. Um, Probably in this situation, I would say maybe Oregon three, Texas four. I could see that, and I would see probably Bama and Georgia left out right there. Yeah, just because I think in that scenario you would go Texas beat Alabama, so they have a head-to-head in Tuscaloosa by double digits. Does the Big Twelve self implosion from the last couple weeks hurt them though? Because it's Texas, I don't think so. I think it could. I I think if it comes down to it, Texas is too big of a brand to be a one-loss conference champ. You know what I mean? I just – I don't know. I I think that if the Big 12 keeps cannibalizing itself, Mm -hmm. it's going to hurt them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, maybe it doesn't, but – And, you know, the committee loves themselves some Alabama. No, they do. They do love Alabama. But I do think – if Texas wins out, they get one loss. They get you know they have the one loss. They go, they win the Big Twelve. I don't think you could even make a real argument. They deserve it. They that Alabama deserves it over them. I think because if, the truth is Texas beat them by double digits in Tuscaloosa. I think what teams really want to do, and I know you mm-hmm. probably want earmuffs here, but I think a lot of the teams in the country either want 
<laughs> those top two, three, those Michigan, Ohio state teams knock mm-hmm. each other out. And they would love if Florida state lost a game. Yeah. Cause if Florida state loses a regular season game, or I think even the ACC title game, if they don't go undefeated, they're out. Yeah. It's yeah. just, their schedule's not good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, they played one solid half against LSU and that's really been their best win this year. Mm-hmm. Cause other than that, no, they don't have any other ranked wins. So we're ranked right now because right I now, think if you want to say Washington, Washington's most impressive win is Oregon followed by USC and USC is not ranked. Yes. So I think Florida state needs, if Florida state loses, they're gone mm-hmm. regardless if they're a one loss conference champ yeah. because the ACC is not good enough. Mm-hmm. I think Oregon state beating Washington really helps people. It helps Bama out. I think. Yeah. Missouri needs if Missouri wins out, that's going to help out because they'll be a top seven team, which could help mm-hmm. Georgia out. Yeah, there is a lot of scenarios. It makes the SEC title game probably the most biggest game of the year because it, in a sense, becomes a knockout game if everything else just kind of lines back up. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of good stuff here. A lot of big week coming up too because you have Georgia going to Knoxville, Washington heading to Oregon State. Yeah. Um, there's another big game that I'm blanking on. I mean, who else plays this week? I'm going to look this up real quick. Uh, I think I want to say uh, – what was it? Oh, um, Louisville goes to Miami, which yep. could – they need to beat Miami to keep Florida State's – that win more impressive. Yeah. Um, trying to see who else here. I mean, Missouri has Florida come into town, and Texas goes to Iowa State. So – there are some sneaky trap games for road, top road teams right now. Mm-hmm. How about a now? Sn- I I have I have a weird scenario. Hear me hear me out with this. This is not playoff important. Yeah. But <laughs> if if Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship, right? Which mm-hmm. I think they will. But you know, we're saying if does no, Missouri won't. does Missouri get into a better bowl game and Alabama gets knocked out of a good one? Um. I would say um, it probably because depends on how bad it probably depends on Missouri would is. definitely be the second highest ranked SEC team after that. They would. Um if mm-hmm. you're basing off of wins though, I think Missouri's best win this year is a win against Tennessee right now yeah. or mm-hmm. Kentucky at Kentucky. Yeah. Because they lose their their big their only losses were at home against LSU and then Georgia. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could. It depends on how much that game goes and where Bama's ranked at the time. But I could see yeah. that. It depends on if Missouri wins out. I could see Missouri definitely playing into a New Year's Six game for sure. Because as, as crazy as this sounds, I think right now, till conference championship week, as long as these teams in the top 10, right? Ignore number 11. <laughs> the teams in 1 through 10, if they went out, they're probably all staying in the exact same spot they are. Yes. It, I, it really. I I don't think any Bama, Texas, and Oregon need someone to slip up to really yeah. move up there. Mm-hmm. Because other than that, it's the playing the tiebreaker game, and then yeah. you're just kind of right there. Now, Washington plays Oregon State. Now, there's a chance Washington jumps Florida State after this weekend. But, I mean, you never know with that kind of thing. Because if Washington just barely scrapes by, if Washington loses, Washington loses to Oregon State. And let's say they lose to Oregon State, and then Mm. they lose again. 
to Oregon. Yeah. That can maybe I mean that might hurt Oregon some because what if what if oh my god Oregon, why Oregon State has the key to just the the, the nuclear football at this point they yeah. could knock out in a sense you could knock out Washington put them in a spot turn around and play go to Eugene and beat Oregon at home at yeah in Oregon as like one last big fu as they leave the conference mm-hmm. can you imagine that scenario and they just knock each other out play cannibal. Well, I was going to say this right now, just because this is a true thing nobody's talking about. Washington has not clinched the Pac-12 championship. They're playing with fire. I, mm-hmm. I, I thought Utah was going to get them. Utah yeah. about did. They led for part of that most parts of that game mm-hmm. late in the game. So who knows? I They keep playing a little bit of fire. You're going to get burned. And could it be in Corvallis this weekend? Might just be. And I'm just saying Arizona probably still has a decent shot at the championship. Dead fight. fish in the fighting Wildcats got something cooking down there. They got Utah this weekend, so we'll see. They there. have they have the same conference record as Oregon State at five and two. Now, I think if oh, that's a little bit crazy because Washington is gonna play uh, Oregon State this weekend, who they very much could lose to. Not that crazy. Mm-hmm. And then they play in the Apple Cup. Against they won't Washington will be at win that game. Washington State is not that bad. Four and six. They were good at one point. <laughs> All right, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on this. Like we said, like I always say, plenty always to play for. As each week goes, yep. the hypotheticals just get bigger and bigger. So we'll mm-hmm. keep rolling there. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get right into it. We got some games to talk about. And it starts mm-hmm. in Athens, Georgia, where the dogs, the now top-ranked Bulldogs, took care of Ole Miss, steamrolling them. Yep. And what was senior night in Athens, an electric crowd as always, but, man, it looked really good there. Um, first and foremost, Dylan lost. He said 30-27, to 27, Ole Miss would mm-hmm. win. Um, it was a 35-point win. I think that's what that math checks out to. <laughs> yeah. Yep, 35. Um, all that aside – it was a close game till about – About two minutes left in the fourth quarter. They went up two touchdowns. Or second quarter, sorry. Yeah. Georgia was up, went up 28-14 and a half. It could have been mm-hmm. a lot bigger going into half. There was a late pick by Beck, which yeah. really wasn't even his fault. It went off the hands, I believe, of Dominic Lovett. And then it mm-hmm. just kind of happenedly just fell right into the guy's hands. So they could they, they were in field goal range for that. Yeah. So it could have been a lot worse. Regardless of the fact, it was a fast start by Ole Miss, back and forth. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the dogs put the clamps down on defense, and Ole Miss could, vice versa, Ole Miss could not stop Georgia to save their life on yeah. offense or when Georgia was on the field for offense. Mm-hmm. Carson Beck, he just keeps on rolling. I mean, just steady as steady as it is. 16, 18 to 25, 306, two tuds. I mean, average Georgia averaged 10 yards a play, 12 yards through the air, eight yards, almost nine yards on the ground. Mm-hmm. They rushed for, they had 611 total yards of offense, 311 through the air, 300 on the ground. Kendall yep. Milton had nine carries for a buck 27, including a big 51 yarder, I believe, for a touchdown. He had two touchdowns. Lad McConkey had four receptions. 81 yards. How about Brock Bowers started? Superhuman. 26 days after surgery. He just comes back. 
has like three catches, has a touchdown as if he never left. Yep. Dogs roll. And I think they show now that there's two questions, I guess. So first one mm-hmm. is, does Georgia just show like that they put the country back on watch? Like, listen, you know, let Michigan and Ohio state and all of them have their fun, but like quietly, we're just kind of just up, 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 up. And we're back up on our pedestal. Like yeah. when we're on our a game, like you ain't, ain't nobody have a shot against us. Mm-hmm. And then vice versa. Next question I'll let you answer is, uh, were, um, are you disappointed in the effort from Ole Miss? Did you expect more? I guess you did because you thought they were going to win. But did, I, were you expecting more or were you just kind of like, it is what it is? I expected more from them. I mean, I thought I thought their lines would play better too. Hey. I mean, they, they just they could not get any pressure when it came to getting pressure on Carson Beck. Yeah. Especially, especially as the second quarter went on, they kind of just looked like, exhausted quick and their o-line was getting killed at times there yeah like, it was, was some, they just could not even like the plays the plays were getting broken up before they were even like you know what i mean like it was like oh my gosh oh jack's a dart jack's oh, dart, yeah <laughs> it's crazy because like quinjon junkins was having a really good game yeah the start like he had two touchdowns they mm-hmm. i mean fast start as georgia always lets up Georgia on first drives lets other teams just roll down the field. Yeah. And it looked like early Ole Miss was going to do what Missouri did a lot of, where that was that outside outside zone game on their outside, mm-hmm. or trying to get outside the tackles on the runs. Yeah. And they were having a little early success, but then, like, you know, it just after like second, midway through like the second, they just they could not get anything going. They started running the ball like up the middle a lot, where like was not going to work. No team's ever really been able to just run in between the tackle or run in between like the guards and tackles for any yeah. success ever against us or Georgia. Mm-hmm. So, just I mean, it was just uh, boys or men among boys. I saw a stat yeah. at the end of the game. They were comparing like five, talking about five stars or something like that. Like since twenty, like since like Lane Kiffin took over at Ole Miss, which was what two years, three years ago. Somewhere around there, since yeah. that, like Georgia's had twenty-four five stars or something like that signed, and Ole Miss has had one. Some crazy number like that. So it's just talent-wise, roster-wise, you just have better athletes. And Link Kiffin talked about in this presser, just saying about like, listen, it's it's not on the players, it's on the coaches. We got to do better at recruiting, continue to keep better at recruiting, using the portal, yeah, and just developing because you know I think I mean. I think they have guys that just it just was never going to be that night. And for Ole Miss, it's got to be that next step is to find a a roster where they're able to compete against Alabama, against the LSU's mm-hmm. more, against Georgia's. Whenever often they play them, we play actually Georgia and Ole Miss. Georgia will head to Ole Miss next year, so Kiffin will get another shot at it. But uh, one last thing here before we get rolling. Uh, was, oh crap! I just had it in my head. Just think about it. Well, if I think about it, I'll just pull it back up. But uh, I also just want to say before we get yeah. into this next one, um, there is a man named Joel Klatt who really put JJ McCarthy as his Heisman favorite. Bet unserious take right there, man. Unserious. Oh my take. god! I can't. What a joke! What a joke! 
The, J.J. McCarthy does not belong on any Heisman ballot yeah. in existence right now. He has so, does nothing. Yeah. He has not done anything. Listen, mm-hmm. I'm, he's a good quarterback. He has never elevated himself to being a great quarterback. There is not yeah. a game where they have not stolen a sign where he has been the better quarterback on the field. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Every game that's think- mattered, except for the Ohio State game last year in which they mm-hmm. cheated, they has not. They have. He has not done anything. He cost them against TCU. Yep. And that's been the only other game that's mattered because their schedule is always a joke. So if I. That's just another rant for another time. But no, he does not belong on any Heisman ballot. Get it out of here. Get him. I'm still trying to get over the fact that he threw for 60 yards. Well, hey, he ran the ball. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, one last thing. Mm-hmm. Georgia moved 12th straight win at home against yep. ranked opponents. It's their 27th mm-hmm. straight win. They haven't lost a regular season game down the SEC since 2020. That moves them to 26 consecutive there, and uh, they just keep on rolling. Keep yeah. on rolling. That's what, how they is Georgia's home win, winning record right now. How many w- w- games have they won at home in, in a row? Well, they haven't lost since twenty. I think it's 36 now, 37. They mm-hmm. haven't lost since 2019 in October when South Carolina beat them. Yep. And that coach is on our staff is on Georgia staff now, and Will Muschamp. Yep. So, a lot of games. A lot of so games. He gets hired. He gets he gets hired in College Station. Come on. Ha! Yeah. Right. Champ Mondays. Well, yeah. All right, we're gonna move on now to another. This was the big noon kickoff. This was the, in my opinion, the second biggest game of the week. Uh, Michigan runs wild on Penn State. I say that only because in the second half, uh, Michigan uh, did not. They ran the ball. Every mm-hmm. single play in the half. I believe it was 32 plays. Yep. 32 plays around there where they ran the ball. Every one, I mean, every play. I mean, we can go through it here if you want. Play by play. Let's go. Oh, crap. Stupid. Uh, let's go through it here. Second half. Penn State fumbled. Mm-hmm. Run, run. Run, run. Run, run, run. 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 Run, 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 run. You get the point. Yeah. They ran the ball that many times, and they still scored two touchdowns. Or they scored they scored a field goal and a touchdown while doing that. But, I mean, that was just it. I mean, Penn State, I mean, Michigan lot, or just completely owned the line of scrimmage on both sides. Yeah. Drew Aller missed some easy throws that could have been difference makers in the game if they get hit. A lot of um, threw it behind the receivers instead of getting it out in front, which ended up being some drive killers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the only moment I really thought this game was going to be was close was Penn State cut it to five going into half. They were getting the ball. They got a first down or two. And I believe they got it around midfield, and then they fumbled. And then I think Penn State scored a field goal right after. And then from that moment on, it was really just run the ball and until they can't stop it anymore, and they never stopped it. So, yeah, I mean, 200 and – they only had – Michigan only had 287 total yards, but rushed for 227. Only threw yeah. the ball eight times. McCarthy was seven of eight. That's a Heisman-worthy stat right there. Yeah. Um 60 yards, and I, you know, they're going to say, well, he, they didn't need him to do it. 
fair, but then don't put him in the Heisman. He's talk. not. He's not the Heisman then. Yeah. He's not a Heisman. Okay. Sorry. He's not Bo Nix. No. Blake Corum had 145 yards, two touchdowns. But I mean, like I mean, that was really it. I mean, they averaged five yards a carry on the ground. Mm-hmm. Just the issue was Penn State could never get anything going, and that's just been the story this year. They fired their OC. Just announced earlier this week, right after I think it was Monday or Sunday or Monday they did. Yeah. So, you know they they want to go out with someone new, but if you're James Franklin, um, I mean, do you who do you even look to go there for that OC? Because I feel like this team is ready now. Like they have a championship caliber defense. Yeah. They got a quarterback that's a freshman. He's going to continue to grow. He's had mm. really good spots this year just been against that tougher competition in mm-hmm. Ohio State and Michigan, he has struggled. And but, I, I do think if if you're Penn State, you're gonna this is gonna be one of those years where you're gonna be like that. This was a year to do it because I think Manny Diaz might get hired away as a head coach. This he could. Um, I'm, I'm just saying that I like Mississippi the point, State job. I like the point. Um because you know you look at you know Ohio State was figuring out a quarterback this year. Mm-hmm Michigan, you still were like, okay, well, they hadn't played. They're nobody. They aren't playing anybody. Their middle, their, their head coach is not coaching against you no. today. No, R.I.P. Harbaugh because that they cried their tears out. They cried their <laughs> eyes out after that. Yeah, yeah. Just a complete. I mean, it just shows why college football is outstanding because you just have a real life like soap soap opera going on in Ann Arbor mm-hmm. while everything else is going on. So back yeah. to my say though. Yeah, like it was. This was the year to do something. You know, we had a really good ending of the year last year at the Rose Bowl. You come in, mm-hmm. you got this brand new hotshot quarterback who was, you know, gaining momentum. Like this is going to be a big year for him. And then, yeah, the games you had to win. The defense played well enough to win the game, to put you in a spot to win the game. But the offense never showed up. Mm-hmm. Offensive line looks just was getting out, just getting pushed around. The defensive line was there, but then would. Go in and out spurts sometimes. Yeah, but yesterday was just a case of just wearing you out until you pretty much couldn't stop doing anything you, else anymore. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much what happened. I mean, Michigan sets up now a really big collision course, assuming they take care of at Maryland next week. Oh yeah, they'll they it'll set up a big old big new kickoff collision course against Ohio State, and they get him at home. So I'll be honest, game day will probably be there. It's going to be. It's gonna be a crazy day. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I think game day might go to Atlanta. You never know. Oh, Bobby Dodd, I listen. I I was getting <laughs> hey, all excited. Hey. Gonna be watching on the phone. I'll be at the Florida Florida State game that night too. So we'll have to have it on the phone. We're gonna be watching. Don't worry. First time since 2013. That's a night game. Getting off topic again, right there. But oh, Sanford South. You know what they call it? Sanford South. I, you know what? I will say this. I think the Tech fans are going to be a little bit more excited for this game than most years. Listen, we'll this is the best know. Georgia Tech team I've seen since like 2015. Congrats! They just got tailspun by Clemson this weekend. Happens to a lot of teams, not Florida State though. Whew. Got well, you were a missed. Someone forgot their assignment. Fumble touchdown from losing that. Don't worry. Oh, and a hey. kicker jinx. But hey. that's not the point. Point is that. Georgia's going to go into Tech and destroy them. 
But we're going to finish Haynes, out here. Haynes Michigan Masterclass is coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> if you're Penn State, you're probably going to finish 10 and 2. Mm-hmm. Is it a failure of a season? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Okay. Because here's my, here's my thought process, right? You are supposed to win the Big Ten eventually. He's only won at one you time. You can't do this every single year. You can't just lose to Michigan and Ohio State and beat everybody else and be like, it's... yeah, we're good. Third place isn't that bad. Listen, they left, they, they must like bronze. You know what I mean? You know what? Bronze is not for me, buddy. No. All right. We're going to move on, though. Penn mm-hmm. State, uh, you know, they'll probably go to a, a really high-end bowl game. I don't think yeah. they'll be at a New Year's Six unless something happens crazy, something. Like, they finished third last year and went to the Rose Bowl, so anything's possible. Anyway. Well, they went to the Rose Bowl because both teams Snuck. went to the playoffs. Well, Ohio yeah. State backdoored their way in. Yeah, that won't happen this year. We're going to move on. FSU mm-hmm. survives the hurricane yeah. at home, 27-20. to 20. This was a very tight game back and forth. The officiating yeah. was, had some questionable no calls in this game for both sides. Yeah, it was weird, right? There was the <laughs> so Miami should have had a safety, which mm-hmm. could have helped them out. Florida State. I actually, Miami I actually think sh- Miami got help from there not being a safety because they were able to get the ball closer. Yeah. And get and because they would have only gotten two points out of that, With and then the they would have had to though. take a full. They would have had to take a full drive though. But I mean, that was a punt though. So depending on where you get the ball, you probably get it right around midfield again. Yeah, we got a good punter though. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> And then vice versa, Miami mm-hmm. gets away with a targeting call that really was pretty blatant. Like yeah. I don't like Greg McElroy was like that is just awful. Like, <laughs> like that should have been called. Like that was yeah. a really bad no call. So because that was big because I think Florida State ended up punting the ball back. Yep. To uh, Miami, but you know there was a really bad injury with Emory Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went for the he went for the he outstretched for the first down got and hit. got hit. And it was just yep. ugly. They didn't show the I think, replay. They I had think his they said arm he, air casted. Yeah, I think they said he broke his left arm. Yeah, because I think it was a collarbone issue yeah. with his arm. But yeah, that was no. But Van Dyke came in, I think then they hit the big play that cut it to seven. They ended up getting the ball back. I think so, like, so um no, they actually they scored Emory Jones scored first and then they get the ball. He gets not, hurt on that. And then Van Dyke throws the pick right away to seal the end because that's what he does this year. Yeah, listen, but you know Miami. I think the Miami is Miami. I think mm-hmm. they're still where they want to be. You know, they were, you Rome know wasn't built in the day for Miami, but yeah, and I think they played as best they could because I, they played. They played. You know, they played to win a game. How you play to win an upset? You know what I mean? They capitalized on FSU not being able to score very often they were really good on the running game that was their biggest thing was they if they if they would they would get off eight yard runs again and again and again yeah and it would just you know and then they would lead them to a decent play action but i think they just have a problem at quarterback right now i think emory williams could be good in the future obviously he probably won't play the rest of this year but he definitely needs more time because he, I don't know how it felt to you, but that first quarter, it really did feel like he was in over his head. Like he was not told he was the starter until everybody else told he was the until everybody <laughs> else found out he was the starter. Yeah, fan. for sure. I mean, if you look at me, Miami, 
and Florida State are really mm-hmm. talent wise, roster wise, just like they're pretty similar with each other. Like yeah. Miami at court at 24-7 has them ranked seven spots higher than Florida State does at yeah. 13 and 20. So, mm-hmm. you know, you look at roster ads through the portal like Keon Coleman, which mm-hmm. could shows that like you a lot of teams sometimes are some places are one, maybe two players away from hitting big. And Keon Coleman has done that with Florida State, even though he's playing yeah. through an injury. But he had a game-changing punt return yep. the other day. So, But I think Miami is where they want to be. I think they're still on the rise. They, they have a very young team like Florida, mm-hmm. but Miami's actually winning. Yeah. <laughs> Miami has a lot of young guys. I think mm-hmm. Emory Williams is really good. I think he's yeah. better than Van Dyke, obviously. He got, Van Dyke got benched. But if you're FSU, I know you're an FSU fan, so I'm going to ask yep. you this. Give me your on my spot. Are you concerned at all about these stretches, like I said last mm-hmm. week? The, what hurts my Florida State is that there goes stretches in games where they just yeah. either really, really down to their opponent or they just and they just can't do anything with the ball. Yeah. Um, I'm not too worried about it. Because the thing is, last week, we didn't have the wide receivers. And that's a killing blow to a team that relies on the passing game pretty hard. But you're at home this week against a against team. You're up North Alabama. You're, well, no, you're home, you're home last week against Miami. You're a two-touchdown mm-hmm. favorite. Yep. You've got everyone back. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how they played. Yeah. Is, I mean... Is that sustainable? I mean, again, like we said, mm-hmm. like they have like one big quarter, half a quarter where they just explode and they yeah. just turn it on and then they create enough window, create enough space where it's hard for teams to come back on. Mm-hmm. Is that sustainable? Like, is I, I honestly think it is with Florida State because they do have the guys to keep them in. Does that they, get they, that way? I, with... no, no team is going to be able to just blow up on the other side if you if you understand what i'm saying yeah i got you because they, they have their cornerbacks are good their defensive line is not as good as it was last year but they still create decent pressure mm-hmm. teams are going to struggle to pass the ball in florida state dude it, it's just the way that their game plan is you got to rely on the running game and when hypothetically only, okay. let's say they play it get matched up against like a you know they may get a playoff but they get matched mm-hmm. up against michigan or yeah Whoever wins the Big Ten, so we'll say Michigan, or let's say Oregon. Yeah. Do you get worried at all? I mean, with any good team, you know, I worry a little bit, but at the same time, I just think that, that there's, there's guys on this roster who can just explode, right? The Florida State offense is it's, mm-hmm. it's sunny. It's just the team in general. It's like it's so bipolar. Like I mean, yeah. like when Florida State's on, my God, they can they'll beat anybody. But like when mm-hmm. they're on, they're like. B minus yeah. game, C plus, mm-hmm. like we've seen in stretches of games. It's like, I just don't think you can do that against teams like that. You're not going to yeah. get away with it as much as you are against teams like Miami or or Pitt or Boston mm-hmm. College. Like, you're not, you can't get away with that. You know what yeah. I mean? But I, I think, I think the team knows that. Yeah. To a degree. Cause like the same way how, like, you know, they play a bad game against Boston College, but they start the season by murdering LSU. You know what I mean? They beat Trailing LSU by more. They beat LSU by more points than Alabama did at home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They, they have the ability to play down 
to one team and then turn around and make Virginia Tech look like they're not ready to play football or Wake Forest. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those things where it's I, we don't we never really kill Miami. We did last year, but I think last year was unique because Miami did not have a starting quarterback. It was a brand new head coach who was in over his head, it seemed like, at times that year. And we were able to just take advantage of the fact that all the Miami fans left as quickly as possible and emptied out of there. (laughs) So this rivalry, like you probably heard a million times if you watched the game on TV, they would not stop talking about how 17 of the last 20 matchups have been decided by eight points or less. That's just this game. It's always a close game. I should have seen it coming, too. When they said that the backup was coming in, that's never a good sign when it comes to Florida State. Mm-hmm. They, they just struggle with backup players yeah. every year. I, I, I never understand it. Every single time I've ever watched this team play a backup quarterback, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. But I'm not too worried because you get you get North Alabama this week who, you know. Panic level, 1 to 10. You go to the swamp at night for Florida. For some reason, plays a little better. Yeah, they do play better at home. Mm-hmm. Any what's panic level at? Like one being like DefCon, like sound the. I'm I'm not worried about that game because if a team can throw the ball, Florida can't beat them. What's the, like so like ten is really bad. One is alright. Yeah. like we're not worried at all. Like a five, I guess okay. I'm in the middle. Okay, you know what I mean. I mean it's like it's like any rivalry though, like. The Those games is, tend I, to be close, though. So, well, I would say the Florida State-Miami game tends to be a little bit closer. You, Normally, our game tends to be a little bit more erratic. Are you I mean, worried at all? every couple of years. Do you get nervous at all? Would you get nervous at all if, like, Miami go, Florida, go, Florida State goes in as, like, a 17-and-a-half-point favorite on the road? I'd be more worried about that, yeah. And it's going into the fourth, the Tom Petty's playing, mm-hmm. and it's a – like a six-point game. I yeah. would. I mean, I I get nervous for every football game. But like, it's but, an eight-point game. Florida State's mm-hmm. up. Florida has the ball, though. Like, do you get? Yeah. You're gonna be like, oh, we're gonna blow this, or? I would feel comfortable with our defense okay. making a stop. Don't get me. And also, I just like can't, not trying to hate on Florida here, but if a team can throw the ball, oh, they throw just, the ball. They, they, I team mean, can do anything against him. That's what I'm saying. I mean, if a team is I think Kentucky, the right, and a team is not Tennessee, and a team doesn't rely on running the ball first, they're going to beat Florida. The difference in this game is going to mm-hmm. be, it's going to be George Travis using his legs. I think yeah. more than anything because Jaden Daniels, uh, Jaden Daniels, they got Brady Cook this week, and mm-hmm. then you have George Travis. All three of those quarterbacks do a great job of running the football. Yeah. So. I think that's going to be the difference maker, but we're going to move on though. Washington. See, yep. What are we going to, yeah, one more thing. I was just going to say, you're going to see like 70 screens by Florida State against Florida, and you're going to be shocked at how every single one's like, wow, they got a first down on that. Honestly, <laughs> it's, going to, it's going to be missed tackle hell. Well, Florida can't play, can't get pressure. So, I mean, why? I mean, you don't even really need a screen. You can just drop back. They just do. That's just Florida State loves running screens because mm-hmm. they can make a screen look like. A normal run for some reason, mm-hmm. or normal pass. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't get it how they do it, but they do, and they get all these big gains where you're like, 
how do they even like how did nobody notice this guy got over here with four offensive linemen all right we're gonna move on real quick we're gonna get mm-hmm. through this one before we got some other stuff we got to get through yep uh washington escapes utah i thought utah was gonna at least cover and they did so there's that um i was not gonna be surprised at all if they did win and mm-hmm. they they went into half winning yeah um but Washington escapes winning by seven at home. Mm-hmm. It was a crazy play in the third quarter where it was a pick. Utah was driving. Yeah. Bryson Barnes throws a bad pick. Washington goes down the field. Looks like it's going to be a pick six. Guy throws the ball on the ground before crossing mm-hmm. the goal line. Utah recovers it. They get backed up at their own two. The ensuing play happens. Washington gets a safety, forces a safety. They ended up, that would ended up being the difference maker and no other points were scored in the fourth, but it was a back yeah. and forth game. Washington made the big play when they need to, and the defense held on. Uh, Utah has a big game this week against Arizona. I think they'll win that. But I mean, if you're Washington, I guess my only question, real quick, is before we move on, mm-hmm. is playing with fire still? Is this going to end up being a bad ending here, or do you think I they're mean, they're just I, playing? I just, this is who they are. They just kind of. I think they're going to lose to Oregon just oh. because I, I they're, they are playing with fire right now. This is like a TCU game. It's TCU yeah. this year. So I, I just think, look, when they play a team that has an offense and a defense that can compete with them, they're not going to win that game because they play – like you say Florida State plays down to their opponents – Washington might be the masters of it. Mm-hmm. I have never like they they barely es- escaped Arizona State. They scooted by USC while giving them forty points. Stanford. They played a close game with Stanford. They played a close game with Utah, and mind you, the Utah quarterback threw two interceptions, so it wasn't like you know. Yeah. They are they are really playing down to opponents, and you know. At one point, because I think their schedule is just so tough, yeah, they're gonna slip up. It's just unsustainable the way they play football. I think they just have to win one more game for the next two to clinch a spot. Yeah, uh, I think, and they, they play Oregon, Oregon State, and Washington State. An Oregon win and an Arizona loss, I think, clinches the Pac-12 mm-hmm. title game spots up. So, yeah, I think. They're like this year's TCU, so we'll see if they can continue to just kind of skate by. Um, but like a huge test this week against Oregon State. Yeah. All right, we're moving on though. Coaches are being fired everywhere. It's that time of the yep. year. We got Zach Arnett, who was put in a tough spot after the Mike Leach death. He mm-hmm. took over as head coach. He is fired. Yep. Jimbo Fisher's walking away with a, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I believe we got around ninety five. Million? 77. 70, oh, 77 is his buyout, yeah. 77.6 million was his buyout, plus mm-hmm. the 19.3 he's owed from this year. Yep. Which, so I think I think his total contract, all the money he's made from AM is upwards of $120 million. So he's owed ludicrous. He'll guarantee after being fired. million is what he's going to be walking away with eventually in guaranteed money. Absurd. It shows that you can just be mediocre, be a college football coach, be mediocre or good enough to get a really good job, trick 
your bosses into paying you a bunch of money and then just mm-hmm. be mediocre and get fired yep. and get bought mm-hmm. out. Get bought out, pull what Ed Ogeron did, yep. and just Jimbo now is set to at least 2031. Yeah. Now, I, I will be honest. I do think Jimbo is, you know, being a football coach, you have to have a big ego. But just knowing, having experienced him as a head coach, he won't just sit down no. and, like, be quiet. He's going to take another job somewhere. Probably. Probably not not a great job. I mean, Neil Brown gets fired. You never know, man. There you go. But um, I actually think that's a really good spot he could land just because he's also from West Virginia. So Bring Saban back home to West Virginia. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, this is I think this is the biggest story, even more important than any of the games this week, because I... especially our show, we've been talking about this since the show started. That like, oh, yeah. Jimbo's going to get fired. And, you Did know, we're back in I I didn't see it coming this weekend. I had a feeling it was going to happen this year, though. Just because um, A&M is I, – I saw somebody say this the other day. Is that they are the richest school of all time, but their trophy case looks like a community college. Yeah. They have absolutely nothing to show for it. They have the world's worst symptom uh, of little bu- little brother syndrome. Like, they're they, Penn State. It's Penn State. It, it's worse than how Penn State. It's worse than any other country, any other program in the country when it comes to it because they won't publicly say this, but the fact that Texas is ranked in the top ten and has a good chance of going to the playoff this year was absolutely a factor in firing Jimbo Fisher this year. Possibly. I, I know that probably something, but it absolutely is something that plays into what the Board of Regents and I the thought president it, of that school think. You could say, well, if you know Texas is top 10, they're mm-hmm. coming to the SEC next year. Yeah. I don't think they wanted – they didn't want to get embarrassed. So, you know, we'll pull the mm-hmm. – well, we have a new coach if something happens – yeah. Next year because they play each other next year. So mm-hmm. you can pull They're gonna play each other every year going forward. Yeah. So on Thanksgiving weekend. We'll talk about well. that this A and M subject here. Yeah. Hold but, that I mean, go finish yeah. what you're saying. I, I just want to say I think this is gonna be the most interesting coaching hire of all time, this next one, just because they have the money they could spend on literally anybody. But I mean, look at the only way they get somebody to take this job right now is if you give them a buttload of cash, right? Well, I mean, they just got that big old check that night before during the game. That's what but, like, like, is the school going to make that big of a mistake giving a guy a buyout that big? But there's no way a coach is going to agree to take that job without a massive buyout because well, they're going to get fired quick. Well, I'm a, I have a topic on hot seat questions coming up, but, like – Okay. Uh. I, it's definitely got to be uh, – they can't rush us. They can't just take, like, the prettiest name. Mm-hmm. Like, they actually need to, like, pick the right guy for this. Yeah, I think they want Dan Lanning. I don't I think, think there's any guy. Lanning won't go. I don't think Lanning will go. I don't think – I think the guys I saw that were coming up were, you know, you saw Mike Elko, Dan Lanning. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, we'll talk that later. Yeah, though. Final, final one, and tonight, mm-hmm. Chip Kelly – will be expected to be fired after a USC game this year. Little surprising because you he had he has done a really good job, I think, at turning UCLA around from where they yeah. were just a couple years ago. Uh, but you know, going to the Big Ten, want higher expectations than where they are mm-hmm. at, you know, with a really good quarterback at Dante Moore. So maybe they, they just want to go a different way. So that's gonna be something to keep an eye on as well. You know, who wants to go to AM? Who wants to go out to UCLA? 
You're going you're gonna to have to compete with recruits, p- compete with guys that want to go to U- USC. So you're going to yeah. have to deal with that. Now you're going to – there's a whole lot going on. We can talk about a separate question. Which is a better job? Texas A&M. There's no – Is it uh, UCLA is going to the Big Ten? Texas A&M. Better money, and better you, facilities, better you area. You do have really good money, though. You do have a not, really not, It's not thing. oil money, though. No, they taxes got Hollywood are, money. Taxes aren't as high if we're going geographically. Yeah. Taxes aren't as high. You have oil, you have the alumni that will put give you any dollar sign you want, any amount you want. The facilities are top notch. You have mm-hmm. your recruiting wealth zone or just a recruiting hotspot. Yeah. Like you're everything you need is right there already. UCLA, I, it's just no, not even comparable, I don't think. I, I do think UCLA is a lot better than people think when it comes to what they have, because, you know, you do have, um, obviously they're going to be in the big 12. So they're yeah. in the, one of the top, you know, conferences in America. Um, when it comes to the, their athletic program, um, spends money, like it's nothing constantly on the w- wildest things you'll ever hear about. So, I mean, like they, they gave what under armor $300 million to not make them their clothes anymore. I so just, they can move to Jordan. Like they, they have money, but like they're quiet. It's not that it. oil money though. Not, not no, that Texas money. But they do have a very large like booster system. Fan base just, isn't the same. They they don't yeah. even have their own stadium. Mm-hmm. No, but they, that's they a basketball. Have, that's a basketball baseball school. Yeah. Uh give it the right coach though. That could be a powerhouse. It can. As could any as AM as well. I mean, AM is a coach away and possibly mm-hmm. a quarterback away, but I think they have something where they, with, uh, what's his name? Uh, with, uh, with their quarterback room right now. Oh, um, yeah, I know you're talking about. I don't remember his name, but we'll move on. All right. We're going to move on to hot seats. Yep. And, our first question for Dylan. Oh, Connor Wegman and Matt, Connor Wegman. That's what. Makes yep, yep, yep. Max yeah. Johnson too. Don't forget Max. Yes. Max Johnson, Connor Wegman. Connor Wegman mm-hmm. though is has the brighter or has the more big future. Connor Wegman's going to be the starter. Just straight up. Hot seat question number one. We'll roll right through these. Uh, okay. Who is your Heisman Trophy finalist to this point? We'll give you three spot. Was it three or four spots? Four spots go. Who is your spot? Or so who? Who do I have going to New York? Yes. So I have Bo Nix, mm-hmm. Jane Daniels, mm-hmm. Michael Penix Jr. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm kind of debating this right now, but I'm going to go Marvin Harrison Jr. at four right now. Nice. I would but probably. I'm going to be honest with you on this one. When I say Michael uh, uh, number four, I don't, Marvin, I don't think he even has a real chance. No. I think it's more he's just there as the non-position guy. Yeah, it's the pity non-position guy. There is a tweet from Barstool SEC today, mm-hmm. tonight, and it goes, "I am so sick and tired of hearing about Marvin Harrison Jr. being associated with the Heisman. If Marvin Harrison wasn't his father's son, mm-hmm. and he didn't play for Ohio State, he would never be mentioned once. He's seventh in receiving yards." 27th in receptions and second in touchdowns. He says, I mean, what are we doing? Do you think he's being overhyped? A little bit. 
I mean, look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He plays at the place puts wide receivers in first-round conversations every year. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he's he should be the Heisman candidate. I just, I mean, it's like, it's like, what has he really done? No, he hasn't done. I mean, he's. I mean, he had a big game against, uh, against, yeah, Penn State. But other than that, I mean, he hasn't. He's been as steady he's, as a beef. He, I mean, it it could be overshadowed too by the poor, poor, not as good yeah. quarterback play. Mm-hmm. So right now, the current odds are. Um, here, I'm going to pull this up from Vegas Insider. Actually, uh, we'll just use Bet GM. As I here we go, Bo Nix. It's Bo Nix at minus one ten. Michael Penix plus three seventy five. Yeah. Jaden Daniels plus four hundred. Marvin Harrison plus fifty five fifty. And then it's Carson Beck at plus thirty five hundred. Jalen Milrow at plus five thousand. Jordan Travis at plus six thousand. JJ McCarthy at plus ten thousand. And we'll stop it there. Yeah, I, if, I mean, we can have a conversation about Beck, but I just don't think he gets to New York. Because... He's a uh, Davey O'Brien finalist, but. If I mean, he needs to go off for the problem, the problem is when you pull up his highlights, there's so many times where it looks like his receivers are making plays more but, than it looks like he's putting the ball in good spots. He's I mean like I mean, the lad like the lad McConkley um touchdown that people were reposting. I mean, lad McConkley had to run had to run backwards to get an underthrow. It's like yeah, that does not help. Well, I mean them. they ended up scoring though. So, I mean it's Oh like, yeah, it doesn't really bother them, but um, I think I mean, it hurts Carson Beck's like really like his. I'm his, one of the best cu- quarterbacks in the country because I think it automatically makes people go, "Oh, well, he has Brock Bowers." And I think Dan in every Hunter. game except for the South Carolina game, he's thrown mm-hmm. for 300. Yeah. So, uh, 300. He didn't throw 300 against uh, Vanderbilt, but I mean, he's taking care of the football. Yeah. He's making smart decisions. Yeah. For a first-year quarterback who's waited, I mean, he has played out of his mind. He's probably already rumored to come back for next year. Quinn Ewers is coming back next year, too, by the way. Yep, but I saw that, yeah. to answer this question, I think Bo, it's Bo Nix, Penix, Daniels, uh, Harrison, but Carson Beck mm-hmm. has a plays, just runs, goes into Nealon and just mm-hmm. completely destroys Tennessee and then yeah. takes out Georgia Tech and, let's say, just completely – just slices up Alabama's defense, which nobody's been able to really figure out how to do. Yeah, except for the Texas. Yeah, find out. I mean, we'll, mm-hmm. I, I think that that is a Heisman-worthy ballot right there. I mean, we can talk more about Jane, it. Is Jaden Daniels – should Jaden Daniels be the Heisman frontrunner? Personally, I have Bo Nix as my Heisman frontrunner right now just because – Is it off Jane of record-wise? Is it the team It's a record? little bit. It's, it's a little is bit it, – because it's supposed like, to be the best player. Here's the thing. He has not had a bad game this year. He has not. Every single, every single game, Bo Nix has made his team, has elevated every player on his team. At least to me when I watch his games. You know, all the other guys have had bad games behind him, right? You know, Jane Daniels had the Florida State game. Um, Michael Penix Jr. had the Arizona State game. Uh, Jalen Milrow had the Texas game. You know, all the quarterbacks below him, outside of Carson Beck, but the thing with Carson Beck is, again, there's going to be the conversation where they're like, this team could just do these. You know what I mean? 
people are going to make the, I don't think it's true, but people are going to I think he it. helped himself out yeah. though without when Bowers has been out, he still has been top I think he helped himself out, but I just I don't see it because I don't I just think his argument is harder to make. His argument's going to be easier to make with this if they get through this stretch here with unscathed. But I yeah, Bo Nick should be my favorite. Jaden Daniels is second to me. Mm-hmm. I think it's not very I think it's closer than people think, and then it'll be Penix. And then Harrison and Beck right there. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on. Mm-hmm. I think actually we already skipped this one because we kind of – I mean, we, I think we right? both agree with it. Yeah, I'm looking at the list here. I see it. Yeah, because the second one, we already talked about that mm-hmm. one. All right. So with Oklahoma State's loss this week, who do you think Texas plays in this Big 12 title game? So, I mean, just looking at it right now, I believe the odds-on favorite is, is now Oklahoma. Yeah. However, Oklahoma State, I believe, still has the easiest. Yeah, Oklahoma State plays Houston and BYU. Yeah. Oklahoma has to play BYU and TCU. Mm-hmm. So most likely, both of those teams are going to win out. What if Ohio, I mean, Iowa State's still alive? Kansas State's still hanging around? Iowa State is only alive till they play Texas this weekend. And if they beat Texas? The Texas probably doesn't go to the Big 12 championship. Which would be so funny. And would actually add FSU needs to lose. Texas loses to at in Ames this weekend. Yeah. Oh, man. There, I mean, there's already volcanoes all around the world blowing up. Mm-hmm. Add that one to just the list of doomsday. So Yeah. All right. Uh, who should – all right, I'm going to let you answer this one. Who mm-hmm. should Texas A&M's next head coach be? Okay. Quick so – I, I, this could go on for a while. If we're being honest with our with each other, but um, I think it's down to two guys they need to go after. Okay. Number one, if they're one, if they want to go the non flashy, just the smart pick, they should go Elko. What if Mike Norvell, who's on the top of the list, guys? The problem I see with Mike Norvell is that Florida State is going to give him a big extension. I think they have to. Why not? Yeah. I mean, what if A&M throws a big also, number at him? I also don't think a and going to go after another Florida State head coach right after the last one they fired did not We've work out. We've learned our lesson. That's what I, it's, it sounds stupid, but I really do think there's probably going to be people at A&M who go, let's not go with that guy. Let's go with either Elko or I think Kiffin. I think there's going to be a lot of people in the room who want Kiffin because really it's just going to come down to who the boosters want. The oil barons. I um I have a list pulled up here from Bleacher Report. It says top mm-hmm. eight coaches as Lance Leipold, Chris yep. Kleiman from Kansas mm-hmm. State, Mike Norvell, yep, Lane Kiffin, mm-hmm. Kalen DeBoer from Washington, yeah, Dan Lanning, Jeff Trailer who's at UTSA, and then Mike Elko. So I'm gonna say Mike Elko and um that uh. Chris Kleiman one might be an interesting one. I, I I can see that. I just yeah. I mean, he look what like, he does at Kansas State with if that I'm, recruit. Too. If like, I'm A and M, I think A and M is going to go for the flashiest pick possible though. See, and I don't think that. I think they're going to learn their lesson and know like, listen, we need to figure out, we need to find the right guy. And I think Elko or Kleiman might be that. Kalen DeBoer might be another one. I mean, Kalen DeBoer to a degree. I don't know if they're going to. I actually think if they pick him, it might be a mistake for them. But um, I think if, if if any coach 
could turn out as a bad hire for AM, I think it might be Kalen DeBoer. Because mm-hmm. he has zero experience recruiting in Texas. Like, of all the things you need, he is from South Dakota and he has only worked at schools in the mid Midwest and the West like coast. Like, yeah, Northwest. He was a- so he could be, if any coach, I feel like he could be a disaster hire. Well, we'll have to wait and see. And I'm yeah. sure there'll be an update or two in the coming days. So give it uh, a will hire a guy. They're gonna our final them. final question here is mm-hmm. was Jim Harbaugh's punishment fair or not enough? He, he was suspended three games the rest of the regular season, and then they'd go from there. I just think that the fact that the Big Ten mm-hmm. did what they did the day before, the night before a game of a mat mm-hmm. magnitude without really any substantial evidence to back their claim off of yeah. is the wild part. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was fair enough. See, I, I don't think it I was mean, enough because I think that if there's going to be a suspension, there should have been at least, or maybe there's going to be something bigger down the road until they get like yeah. actual evidence. But if they're waiting, that's fine. But if you're just going to throw a punishment out now, why wasn't there – a sanction, a bowl sanction, or why didn't they just know, force him to vacate the rest of the wins of the season? Fine him, like or, go harder. Yeah, fine him, or but if heavy and them from the Big Ten championship. Make them, yeah. Like, I mean, you could have done that. Things you could have done more, but it's just weird to me because it feels like there's people in the Big Ten like office who wanted, who had strong opinions about this without the evidence to prove it yet, and they wanted to send a message to Michigan before Michigan could make any addresses you know what i mean i mean michigan more or less is you know they've said it happened do you think that if michigan let's say they're not 10 and 0 they're seven and nothing happens seven and three nothing happens do you think or do you think that they just completely just lay the hammer down because they know they're not in contention by anything it is what it is i think they would not do anything just because I think they would go, oh, well, let's see this through, and then let's do this offseason to hurt them. They were thinking, this looks really bad at us. We need to make a last-second thing because we have people screaming at us all over the country that we're not doing anything or that we're doing too much. Let's just do something. And the only thing they could think of to do was to ban Jim Harbaugh like an hour before the game starts. Tell them uh-huh. we can't go into the stadium and that they were going to file a restraining order. Yeah, and then that that doesn't go into he gets a hearing I think Friday so which is so it's just a bunch of but they wild didn't stuff. Even, it like I was like Jim Harbaugh was saying they didn't even contact him he found out through social media that he was banned from coaching a game it's just a total mess on the Big Ten's part he did say that Michigan's America's team which is funny it was that was funny that was just funny. completely not like, true. he definitely did that just to stoke people. Yeah, he probably he knows, what he's, doing. Upset. He knows, he knows exactly. what he's doing. He said that he said that with the biggest smile on his face ever because he got to oh, see yeah. it's all oh, yeah. his America's team. For sure. Um yeah, well, you know, there's always something new coming up each day with mm-hmm. this silly scandal. So we'll yeah. keep an eye on it as we always do with everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll roll, wrap up this episode with winners and losers of the week, as yep. we always do on these recap episodes. Make sure you guys are subscribing. We're on I was our looking- road to I was looking at Social Blade, just checking in. Saturday, we added four subscribers. We had a big day Saturday. Absolutely huge. You love to see that. Make sure if you guys are watching and you're not subscribed, 
hit that subscribe button. It really yeah. helps us out. We're trying to get to 100. We got mm-hmm. to 100, guys. We are on the rise. I, but we got to keep going. Happening. Yeah. If you're waiting at the bus and you love college football mm-hmm. and you're watching it or know this, know us, spread the word. Tell them to listen. Hey, great podcast out there. Hit that yeah. subscribe button because they're good. So make sure you guys are doing that because it helps us out and helps mm-hmm. you out. And one more thing before we go into it, I do want to address just the we've had a lot of dramatic growth over this year. I mean, just at the beginning of at the end of May, we had 44 subscribers. We are at 73 subscribers on November 14th at 11:50 at night. We are killing it. I mean, our yearly estimate is 132 subs. I mean, guys, we're doing fantastic. We appreciate guys all the support so far. If YouTube believes in us, we know you guys, we can count on you guys to get that job yeah. done. So, all right. Winners and losers of the week. We have, I for my winners, I have Jaden Daniels. He became the first quarterback in college football history, I believe, if I recall, if I'm re-saying it right, mm-hmm. to rush for 200 yards and to throw for 350 yards. LSU had seven, actually, I'm going to say that for the losers, but LSU had 701 total yards of offense. Jan Daniels, again, did his thing and shows why he is – if we're basing the Heisman off of best record, that's one thing. But if you're supposed to be looking at the best overall player in the country, I think Mm -hmm. Jan Daniels has to be that. So I'm going to put Bo Nix, like I said earlier. I think Bo Nix is there at top spot. But Jan Daniels is like – like right there, like it's not. It's very you're you're gonna split hairs, and it's probably just based off record. So, Jaden Daniels, and then Michigan. A lot of people doubted them going mm-hmm. into this week because they hadn't played anybody, and then they had to go to Happy Valley in a their first big test of the year. I was doubting them. Dylan did not, yeah. I, but they I, literally ran Penn State out of the mm-hmm. stadium without their head coach. All of the cra- all the off-field distractions were there, but they ran the ball out of the stadium, ran Penn State out of the stadium and got a huge win, which setting yeah. up a cold, big-time game at home in a couple weeks with Ohio State. So those are my winners. Who are yours? I had uh, Michigan and Georgia. I mean, look, both of those teams killed their top 10 opponents they had to play. I mean, obviously the Michigan score looked a lot closer, but just watching that game, it was not close. There was a Penn State looked like they were fighting to be in that game. It felt like a big letdown week this week. There was a lot of big games that we thought were going to be bigger than what we thought. I mean, realistically, what USC or not USC, Washington and Utah was really in maybe Florida, Florida State was like the two most competitive games. Yeah. Florida State, I mean, Tennessee, Missouri, Tennessee completely laid an egg. They, I'm going to, I might add them to the losers list. Completely had a shot to keep the SEC East alive. It mm-hmm. didn't matter because Georgia won, but they could have won and potentially put pressure on Georgia to have to win. Otherwise, yeah. he would have set up an SEC East play-in game to get into it. Who wants to go to Atlanta? Mm-hmm. So, but they completely got crushed by Missouri. Cody Schrader ran wild against them, and so now Tennessee goes back home and now gets Georgia, who is probably going to do the same thing. And then, you know, the Georgia, Missouri, or Georgia and Michigan, like you were saying, completely just took care of business. So, yeah, my losers are the University of Florida in their defense. Yeah, uh, 
Look, I, I just want to say something about that game. I said, I said, look, Florida's defense can't stop anybody. I th- I think Tennessee, or I think LSU covers. You were like, oh, I don't think so. Well, but you know what? First of all, it was a Florida was leading and led for a small portion in the third quarter. So, but I don't want to say for a little bit, it was like a track meet because they weren't, neither team was really stopping each other. Mm-hmm. Florida did have a really nice goal line stand. Yeah. In the first half, but you gave up 701 total yards of offense. They um, gave up 21 points in the third quarter. Florida did. Just can't have it. Can't have it. The offense played well because I, don't think offense is, I think Florida has a decent offense. I do think um, Graham Mertz is the epitome of the non risk quarterback. He does not turn the ball over, but he also never puts the ball in harm's way or pushes the ball that far downfield. Yeah. But, you know, uh, you know, he's he might be the world's greatest uh Florida's general manager quarterback. And he'll be back next year. Florida's defense mm-hmm. gave up seven hundred and one total yards of offense, three hundred and seventy-two yep. through the air. They allowed LSU averaged fourteen yards per pass. 329 mm-hmm. on the ground, 9.4 yards per rush. They, oh, 25 first downs. Yep. I mean, LSU gave up 27 first downs, but you can't let LSU do that to you. You just can't. Yeah. Just what are we doing? And another loss. I, they're still <laughs> at that five and a half. That win total is still sitting there. Five and a half was the yep. win total this year. They're still stuck right now. They're at five and five. Now they have Missouri. <laughs> I just want to bring this up real quick. Uh, in the post-game interview, Billy Napier was asked about the defensive coordinator, um, how defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong has handled the defensive struggles. And then uh, Billy Napier said, I think Austin's done a great job this year. I mean, I don't think he's – he's, <laughs> he's not going to just roast his – DC, like, could have just said, I can't answer that question right now. <laughs> like, uh, next top, next question. Mm-hmm. And then my other loser of the week was, uh, Oklahoma State. What are we doing? Just an utter letdown spot. Should have saw it coming. We knew Malazan always has one trick up his sleeve. Yeah. But, you know, you had been playing well. I should have realized it when you just beat Bet. You won the last bedlam for a while, but then you got to go to UCF, mm-hmm. who had been struggling. Yep. And, you know, I was like, Ollie Gordon's going to just run wild on this team. And my God, Ollie Gordon went 12 carries for 25 yards. They rushed for 52 yards in general. They only had 277 total yards. They went 2 of 12 on third downs. They had four turnovers. Mm-hmm. UCF had 592 yards of total offense. Almost Plum Plum Lee looked like a Heisman quarterback. John Rice Plum Lee had 299 yards and three touchdowns. They rushed for 293. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want a padlock stat? This one 15.7 yards to the air. Just great. They rushed for they rushed the ball 51 times. 45-3. Knights win. Knights win. So those are my you know, uh you know, I want to say this. I, I asked my roommate. I got off work at 2 o'clock, right? 
I go over to my roommate and I say, hey, man, UCF game is at 3.30. Tickets only 10 bucks. You want to go? And he was like, ah, nah, let's just stay home. <laughs> they were in the space unis too. I know, dude. They look so good. Nah, people, were, freaking... people were, yeah, they let fans rush the field too after the game. Mm-hmm. Could have been that you. Could have been you. Yep. But I would have been out there on the field. Who are your losers of the week? Uh, my losers are number one, Texas A&M. You win. But they won by 41. But then they have to give their head coach $77 million. And just, they, you know what I mean? I mean, we knew this was coming. Here it is. That's what they give their coach. Add a bunch of million after that. $6.9 million. And guaranteed money. Until 2031. Yep. I mean, this is what this will say. Jimbo Fisher was not the guy in Texas A&M. I mean, it, it was so funny looking on freezing, you know, freezing cold take Twitter, and people reposting the back in 2017 when Texas A&M gave him a um, a national championship uh, plaque with the dates not written in yet. That was incredible. Oh yeah, one of the funniest things I've ever seen a school do. And that should be a lesson to every school on the planet. Never do that, ever. Um, Jimbo Fisher never won 10 games in the season at AM. And they gotta give that guy $96 million to stay away from the from college station. Well, now he gets to just live out somewhere in like Cancun, Mexico with all that money. Yeah. And then my second loser was also um Oklahoma State because they lost. 45 to 3. Against, let's be a very subpar UCF team. I mean, look, this is what I'll say. UCF is a lot better with Plumlee than the other quarterbacks. I don't this think they're as bad. The as same they're... UCF team with Plumlee that watched West Virginia roll into Orlando and mm-hmm. boat race them. To be fair, no. they almost beat Oklahoma and Norman. West Virginia, who couldn't stop anybody. Went in and boat raced West yeah. UCF. So, but they couldn't beat Oklahoma for some reason. That's because they wanted to get fancy on two point conversions. They lost fifty nine to twenty. Well, to be fair, West Virginia <laughs> did lead seven nothing. Okay, okay, but I think that's everything for today, right? It is. Um, a very loaded show we had today, but mm-hmm. those are our recap episodes. You know, we have all the rankings, all the great coaching, firing, caught questions. We have all yeah. that. So we had to get through all that. Uh, Thursday show um, shouldn't be terribly long, but you never know. Yeah. Only got a couple good games this weekend, so we'll, uh, we'll do our due. We'll, we'll have a good time talking about it, yeah. Yeah, but make sure you guys are, like we've been saying, make sure you guys are subscribing because mm-hmm. we're trying to get to that big triple digits number, so we need you guys to do that. But more importantly, make sure you guys are watching and listening on Spotify. Uh, the link for Spotify will always be in the YouTube bio. If you can't find us, College Football Talk on mm-hmm. Spotify for some reason, just go to the link in our bio on YouTube. Find it there. We will see you guys Thursday. Have a great one. Peace out. See you guys.